I want to um, just share with you something that's uh, God's stirring in me that I'm pursuing at the moment. Um, and if you've got a Bible, you can turn to the book of Philemon. It's going to be a test, eh? <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you where it is. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. New Testament, there's a start. How about that? I'll help you out. It's the, it's the book before Hebrews, okay? It's only got one chapter. If you, I'm not sure if you can only have one chapter. Is it just a book without chapters or is it... Anyway, whatever. So it's... it's I want to look at verse 6. This has been a verse that I've loved for, for a long, long time. Um, and God showed it to me when I was a teenager. Um, and it's always, I found it encouraging. It says this, I, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Okay, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. And it has a so that afterwards. I, love, I like sharing my faith. And there is an outcome when I do that. It says, so that. You will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. There's something about sharing your faith that reveals things to you of who God is. There's a dynamic that goes on. So I, I would suggest to you the, the story that you've just heard is Jane discovered something about God as she shared her faith. Did you discover something about how good God is? You did, and he's quite specific, and his heart's for that lady. Do you understand? There's something about doing... Now, you could have had that word and thought, well, that's, that's a strange word, and I'm not sure if that'll fit. And even though you've been given it, if you, you don't give it, actually you don't get the full dynamic of it. Does that make sense? There's a dynamic that happens in, in giving that starts to help you understand just who and how great God is. Yeah. And... Um, and I, I don't know if others of you have had this experience, but I remember sometimes when I'm telling people about Jesus in particular, and uh, and I'm trying to get through something, and, and then this thought pops in my brain, and, and, I, and I share it, and I thought, that's a really good thought. I wonder where that came from. And I thought, I'd better write that down before I forget it. Has anybody else had that experience? I think, that's, do you know what's happening at that moment in time? God is is speaking to you so that you can communicate even greater truth than you already know to other people. It's like turning the taps on. Once you turn the tap on, it starts to flow. And this is, this is my recommendation to you. Is just keep the tap on. Don't turn it off. Because if you leave it on, it will just keep flowing. And the overflow will just get bigger and bigger. I remember one, a number of years ago, somebody was saying to me, um, it really doesn't matter what the size of your container is if you're interested in the extent of the overflow. That makes sense to you. If, if all you're interested in is filling you, then the, the size of your, con- your container is, is, the, is the sort of thing that will be in your brain. How, how big is your container? That makes sense? But if you're concerned with how far you overflow, it really doesn't matter how big your container is. It just matters that you keep on pouring into it. Does that make sense? So it doesn't really matter if I fill this up or I fill a bucket up. As long as I keep pouring into it, the overflow will just keep on going. Does that make sense to you? So, so your view of you actually will also increase as you understand about sharing your, your faith. 
because you get to understand that your capacity is bigger than you actually understand and realize. And God will increase you. See, how, how does God change you? Which, which degree does he change you from and to? Glory to glory. Ever increasing glory, actually. So, so I was saying, um, teaching in school recently, I said that I, I, I completely refute the idea that Christian life is like being an onion. I don't know if any of you have heard this, where you just have to take off the layers and it gets smaller and smaller. With more and more tears as you go. <laughs> it's something I have had, I've had people explain this to me as the Christian life. I think, that doesn't sound great news. That's something I'm going to invite you into my Christian life and just cry a lot. And just take off another layer and see how small we can get you. It's not, it's not a Christian message. Neither, neither is the idea that God will break you to reconstruct you. That, that's, that's been stuff that's been put out there in the past quite a bit as well. Um, when, I, when I was born again um, in the 1970s, it's quite a common teaching that God would break you to put you back together again. It's not a biblical. It's actually non-biblical. It's anti-biblical. Okay, so when you were born again, what does God make you? A new creation. He doesn't then deconstruct you to put you back together again. Does that make sense? So what he does when you're born again, he just says, let's get rid of that old one and have a new one. Okay. There's, there's all sorts of thoughts I'm going to be throwing your way at the moment. So, um, And uh, another thing that I've been going on, I've never have been too keen on this, is I don't think we should be inviting Jesus into our lives. Now that's got you going. I don't think the invitation that we extend to people is to invite Jesus into their life. I think the invitation is we invite people into Jesus' life. Seems a much better way around to do it. That's what Jesus, I think when you're, it says, when you're born again, the old has passed away, the new has come. Yes? So I don't think I want to invite Jesus into something that's already passed. Rather, I enter into what He's given me, which is new, and I'm in Christ. Does that make sense? And just a little bit of terminology, because I think we can sometimes think, I'm going to invite Jesus in, and somehow he's going to somehow make this old life a bit better and clean up the act and polish it and reconstruct it. He doesn't do that. The, the Christian message is not that actually he'll make your old life a little bit more shiny. It says he gives you a new one, brand new, and it starts glorious, and it gets ever more glorious. That's good. I like that gospel. Does that seem appealing? So I think it's, it's really important because we need to be clear what the gospel is. If you want to share your faith. Okay. So in the past, I would suggest to you that many of us have, have been taught, and I would have been taught this and might even have taught it to other people, is that the idea of sharing your faith is sharing the sort of the method of salvation. Anybody? So actually, you've got to make sure that if you're having one of these conversations where you're sharing your faith, you manage to get through the concepts of, of, of sin and judgment and righteousness and all these things and, and make sure you get all of it in because that's what sharing your faith is about. Bob's smiling at me over there because he's done those, done those. <laughs> and you haven't really done it if you haven't had the full conversation. Does that make it? Anybody else been there? You're thinking, yeah, oh, didn't quite manage to share my faith because I don't want to say that's, that's nonsense. I just want to get rid of that as an idea. See, I believe that my faith is about my connection to, to God. 
biblical concept of faith is faith in God. And my faith is about my connection to him. Okay? Like I said. So I'm going to use Jane's example. Jane decided, okay, God, we're going to work this out. I'm taking you. Right, I want more boldness. This is your bit. So I'm asking you give. That's the deal. But right, so ask and you shall receive. So she asked and he gave. That's a connection, is it not? Then out of that, she gave to somebody else. She shared with somebody else what she got through her direct connection with God. That's sharing your faith. When you share your faith, you're sharing your connection with somebody else. That's, that's what it is. And, and I think that this is about how good are you in one sense, are just understanding that you've got this amazing connection to God and you can share it any time you like. Rather than, what are those four spiritual laws again? Those are methods that, that we've been taught. And I just want to sort of take, if those are methods that you've sort of tried to adhere, adhere to, um, and they can be useful, but, but basically if they become a formula that you think you have to work your way through, you're not sharing your faith, you're sharing formulas. Okay. Great testimony I read this morning. A lady came to our healing centre last last Saturday. Um, been struggling with breathing problems for months, needing repeated course of antibiotics and steroids, um, and increasingly tired because it is tiring when you breathe in. Came into our healing centre last Saturday, and a story I read on her Facebook page today is she hasn't coughed since eight days ago. That's good. She's feeling better. She's feeling refreshed and renewed because actually she came into the presence of God and she got touched by God. Now, I want to tell you, that is sharing your faith. Because that is, that's, that's an aspect. My faith is also that God wants to heal people. He wants to speak to people. He wants to heal people. He wants to touch people. See, my understanding of the good news, it's the good news of who? Jesus Christ. It's very clear. Okay, it's, if you just study through the New Testament, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of the kingdom of heaven, which is about the king. And, but repeatedly, it's about the good news of Jesus Christ. And my determination when I want to share my faith with somebody, I want to connect them with Jesus. Is that okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I, I give them an opportunity of connecting to the one who is the awesome God. And that is possible in every moment of every day. Nice to see Emily Von Beck at Funt University for good term at university. Get plenty of opportunity to share your faith at university, don't you? The book, the building is 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 an opportunity. You know, Eastgate is an opportunity to share our faith with people. It's not not just a facility, but actually, there's you're thinking, and, and people are looking on at us at the moment. That is amazing. How did you do that? Do you know how we we how we got there? We held on to a promise, as we said earlier on. Won't forget your promise. God promised us that He would place us at the east gate to the city. He gave 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 us that promise about eight years ago, before we ever got anywhere near Springhead, before we knew it was a possibility. He promised us that, and when you live in New Ash Green, you don't look like you're at the east gate to anywhere. <laughs> you don't. This was, this was before the two churches merged. <laughs> you think? God has given us promises. And as you hold on to the promises, you've got, you've got things to share with other people. 
So, how good is the gospel? Abundantly. Yep. Oh, looking faces that <laughs> you think I'm going to come up with something different again, aren't you? So, <laughs> it is really good. Because if, 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 the, if the gospel is, is the good news of Jesus, the question you're actually asking yourself is actually how good is Jesus? Rather than how good is the gospel? If it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the question is not how good is the gospel, it's actually how good is God? That's why the goodness of God is absolutely fundamental to what we're doing. And was it a couple of weeks ago, Dennis declared over us and was saying that actually this is a new season. And it's a season of harvest. I do believe it's true. And I just think we're being positioned extraordinarily by God for the opportunity of sharing the goodness of God, who Jesus is with other people. See, I want to introduce people to Jesus. In, um, if you go through the, the, the Gospels, uh, there, there's so many stories about this. You know, the lady um, at the well in Samaria, and uh, Jesus, Jesus has a conversation with her, and at the end of this conversation, she, it says, in John chapter 4, verse 28, says, Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? One conversation with one, one lady, and she, she goes around and tells all oh, the church, all oh, the town rather, come, hey, come and see this guy. Not come to a meeting, but come and meet a man. In the um, in first chapter of John, John's Gospel, it says, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. That's John the Baptist. So Andrew had been a follower of John the Baptist. Then John the Baptist pointed the way to Jesus. And so Andrew says, right, I'm going to go and find this Jesus guy. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah. So we found him. Why don't you come? And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when, then tra- when translated is Peter. Immediately, you know what Jesus did? Immediately he gave him a new identity. That's what God does. He gives people new identities. He's a new creation. One of the things I've been puzzling around, and, and it's it, um, when we were preaching through the book of Philippians earlier this year, uh, there's, there's, there's a bit in um, the first chapter of Philippians, um, in verses 15 and 18, where it talks about some people preaching Jesus out of good motives and some out of bad. You know that? And it says, what does it matter? And I thought, well, it normally matters to me. Because that sort of thing bothers me. But I thought, what, what Paul, Paul was getting at, he says, what does it matter? If, if, that, if that person gets connected to Jesus, what, what does it matter? Because actually Jesus is really good at connecting with people. Once the introduction comes. I think sometimes we worry about that we've got to do it all. So, let me ask you, can you initiate faith in another person? Interesting question. I don't think you can. I think that's God's job. He's, he's the author of faith, yeah? What you have a chance to do is help it grow. We have a chance to, to enter in. And, and, you just, and, and it's, well, it's good to look, look for you see, people who are starting to... to to, to, to respond, I had a friend of mine at university, his name's Eric, he's still a, a good friend, he actually came down to our um, medicine and healing conference uh, we had in, uh, in October, I was so delighted, you know, he came all the way down from Cumbria for the day, 
and uh, we were at medical school together. We, we, we ended up sharing a house. But, but when he started medical school, he wasn't a Christian. And um, we used to do, we were in various um, uh, seminar groups together and stuff like that. And uh, so, so we chat. And, and, um, and he, he found out I was a Christian. And then he used to ask me all sorts of questions. And he asked, he asked me really tricky ones. I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure I know the answer to that. And I wasn't frightened to say, I really don't know the answer. And some people ask you such ridiculous questions there is no answer to. He wasn't like that. But I had people at university who thought it was very clever to ask me a question. Have you ever had this one? Could God create uh, an immovable object? Yeah. Yeah. Can he create an unstoppable force? Yeah. What happens when the two come together? Well, that, that was a question I was asked at university. And I, I used to puzzle around that. And then I came up with a really good answer. I said, well, let me ask. If, see, if I could explain the answer to that, you wouldn't understand it anyway because you can't conceive of an immovable object. You can't. It's not, it doesn't fit in your brain. You cannot literally, your brain doesn't, can't, and you, and you, so, so even if I could explain it to you, you wouldn't understand. So I'm not going to try. But my friend Eric, he came up with good questions. And uh, then a couple of days later, he'd come back and tell me the answer. It was, it, was, it was absolutely fascinating. I thought, you really do want to know God, don't you? And in the end, I said to her, tell you what, why didn't you just tell me when you've become a Christian? Because you, you, you <laughs> cause I just knew, because what the Bible says, those who seek will find. Why? Because actually God's searching for them as well. God loves them. He's not indifferent to this. He's actually searching for people. And um, so one one Monday morning in uh, first year of medical school at Bristol, in front of a big, big lecture theatre we had, and um, and I was already in the lecture theatre, and, and, and it was pretty full, this lecture theatre, and Eric, Eric wandered in, and wandered across, and he, and he just looked up, and I was about four rows back, and he just said, hey, Pete, I became a Christian last night. It's in front of all the medical schools. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and he's still following God to this day. In fact, got um, lovely kids following Jesus as well. And uh, I thought, yeah. And what, what my job was, I felt, when I was just saying, he's actually just put my life on display. You know, the fact that I trust God, no matter what. That's my faith. Sometimes your faith is, is best demonstrated when it's tough. Do you think sometimes, you think sometimes, I can't be sharing my faith because I'm going through a tough time. Actually, no, that's sometimes the mo- when it's most obvious. And it's not, it's not demonstrated just through getting the right words out. It's actually, this, actually, this is amazing. And if you ask Kim, actually, the thing that, that, that helped her understand people's faith was, was through a really difficult situation, which involved the death of a young child, where people kept on trusting God despite difficult circumstances. Yeah. And that, that's the power of Christianity. God is, is capable of sustaining us in everything. And people need to see that. How good is Jesus? You just can't say enough, can you, really? And I think, for me, this is the key issue. Is, is he is the pearl of great price. You know, the pearl of great price is, is, is not a... It's, it's a, a, you know, it's a parable in, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels. But the, he is beyond 
price. He is. He's beyond price. He, and when, when I was born again, I thought, actually, the reason, well, I thought, actually, you're worth dying for, Jesus. You mean that much. You're just so magnificent. You're, you are beyond anything I've ever met or seen or come across in this world. And I had a good life, okay? In many ways, I had an excellent life. It wasn't, I was, it wasn't, I didn't come to God out of a specific need. I, so all of a sudden, I wow, I encountered him, mainly because my sister shared her faith with me by showing me her life. And sharing her life with me and her friends did. And um, I just want to put, as we share the benefits of our faith with others, so there's healing, prophecy, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, love, self-control, patience. Patience is an aspect of your faith, isn't it? Now you can share that with people day in, day out. How many of you get the opportunity to exercise patience? <laughs> Every one of us. When, when I was a young and slightly uh, unknowing Christian, slightly unsuspecting almost, I, I asked God to give me more patience. Bad prayer. Well, good prayer, just bad. <laughs> bad. It was, God's very good at taking hold of that prayer. Over the next two weeks, he gave me so many opportunities to exercise patience. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to My head was going to explode. I was like, ah! <laughs> and, uh, and God said, well, you asked. And then I had to pray. Because those are fruit of the Spirit. And what I want to just land on is, is this. that See, Jesus paid the price so I can have the ultimate connection with God. Do you know how the ultimate connection comes about? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside me now. That's the outcome of the gospel. Is that God lives in me. It's not that I have a, I have to find him somewhere. I can't actually escape from him. He, he has, he has connected himself to me in a way that I cannot in any way disconnect. And that is going to be true for all eternity. He has put himself inside me. That's why understanding who the Holy Spirit is so important. You can't do Christianity without the Holy Spirit because he's, he's your connection to God. And so the, 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 ultimate out, the ultimate outcome of the gospel is that people come and connect to God and then he comes and connects inside them in a way that will last for all eternity. And I just wanted to say this is a season for helping people to connect to God. It really is. It's a fantastic opportunity. I see it. I, know, I just see it on the streets of Gravesend. I see it in life, and uh, just doing. A, I was working in the doctor's surgery on Friday morning, and this lady came to see me, and um, yeah, I just had the privilege of just just, just sharing some of the aspects of my Christian life with her as she, she asked questions around that. And I thought, isn't it a great privilege to connect with people? So, okay, I'm going to pray for us. And then what I want 
to do just as we before the kids come back in. And before you leave this room and head through to the, uh, get your refreshments, um, there are there have been some folks who have been over at uh, Eastgate today. Are you back now? Been done. Well done. How was it? It was all right, was it? Decent? Semi all right? <laughs> they've, been, they've been over there. They've, they've been, been training to do the, the welcoming and the stewarding. So actually when we come next week, there will be some semblance of order. Um, uh, we do say semblance because the reality is that, that um, we're actually going to be handed the keys on Friday. So, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it has slipped and, um, for various reasons, which, uh, we won't go into, but, um, uh, so, so it's going to be interesting ne- next Sunday. I think it will be a bit like having people around to your new house while you still not got, well, you've got all the boxes out. You know, it's going to be a bit like that. It's going to be sort of, um, but it's going to be fun and we're going to have a great time. Um, it's going to be great. It will be great. <laughs> I, 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 it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be, but it's going to be going to be interesting. Now, one of the things I'm going to say to you is, for us to to use that building optimally, we're going to need a lot more help. And if you're a member of North Kent Community Church, I want you to take up responsibility of helping us now with our new home. And we've actually got some sign-up sheets on there, and uh, we're going to need people helping with car parking and uh, stewarding, welcoming. We also need help with the youth and the children's work. We're expecting an influx, okay? If you're a member of North Kent Community Church, at this moment, we need you to be faithful and responsible with the opportunity that's being placed in front of us, because we have an opportunity to serve a lot of people. And that's one of the ways that we share our faith. Investing in the generations that are coming up. Just imagine what, what's going to be achieved in the next generations through that. And the opportunity to, to raise our children and to share our faith with them so that they grow in faith and our, our youth. So, so those are the sort of things. So let's, let's, let's lift our voices and thank God that He is a faithful, faithful God. And then thank Him for the opportunity that lies ahead of us. Thank him for the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. Let's determine to be workers in this harvest field, shall we? With the opportunity to introduce people to Jesus, to see them filled with the Holy Spirit, to know that they've come to the place where they belong in his presence. Father, you are such an amazing God and you are so faithful. Hallelujah.